0: Before we start the show, we just wanted to give a quick shout out to the We Are Southampton page on Instagram. For unique pre- and post-match edits, goal of the month polls, competitions, and more, be sure to check out We Are Southampton on Instagram. And a special thanks to Matt for designing the logo for the Southampton Delivery Podcast. And now, here's the show. To another episode of the Southampton Delivery Podcast, a podcast dedicated to the Southampton Football Club and all of the SFC fans. Uh, Today's episode is the Alternate Facts edition of the podcast, where we will talk about how we completely dominated Liverpool Football Club, especially during the early parts of the second half of Leg Two. We'll talk about how we narrowly lost to Arsenal at the weekend and the remarkable speed and smoothness with which the Gabadini transfer saga came to a close. And I should say at this point that I've waited as long as I possibly can to record uh, the introduction and the conclusion to this podcast because we're waiting to see if he ever lands and gets his medical so it sounds like he's going to be uh, there but on Sunday when I talked with uh, our guest Richard Brereton uh, head writer and editor of the Southampton panel the deal looked like it was going through and then uh, later on it kind of looked like it wasn't going to go through so it's gone kind of back and forth uh, several times so we will talk with uh, Richard Brereton and have a discussion about uh, Liverpool and Arsenal and what we see uh, going forward and and what uh, this next week with Swansea and And West Ham mean for the club, especially as we get ready to go into the final here in just under a month's time. So on that note, let's welcome today's guest, Richard Brereton, uh, lead writer and editor for the Southampton panel. You can find him on Twitter at bagel underscore buns. That's at bagel underscore B-U-N-S. And the Southampton panel is at S-O-T-O-N underscore P-L panel. So uh, you can find him there. And Richard Welcome to the show. Uh thanks for having me. No problem. The events of the past couple of weeks have been or the past week have been uh kind of everywhere. We've had, you know, a, a huge victory over over Liverpool to send us through to Wembley. Uh we've had some transfer rumors and then we had the uh 5-0 ass kicking from Arsenal yesterday. And we have Premier League games coming up uh quickly on, on Tuesday against Swansea and then of course uh Jose Font uh, makes his return to uh, St. Mary's uh, next weekend. So we'll talk about all of that. And you wanted to go ahead and fill us in on uh, a little bit about what the Southampton panel is and, and what your role there is?
1: Yeah. Um, so it's a part of a, a wider blog uh, called Premier League Panel, which focuses on um, clubs across the Premier League. And Southampton Panel is one of a number of the sort of sub-branches um, of that of that blog. Um, so I was approached by uh, Raj, who who runs... Um, Premier League panel in the summer to say would I um, be interested in kind of taking the mantle on for the for the Southampton bit. Um, so I started off as kind of the, the uh, as the only writer um, writing weekly articles about anything from tactical analysis to transfer rumours to pre-match uh, articles, um, and then we kind of set up the dedicated um, Southampton panel uh, Twitter account. Um, brought some guys on board to help uh, help run that, uh, and also in the process of bringing on board some new writers. So um, had one new writer start with us uh, last week, and um, just chatting with, I think we've got three more um, who are going to start writing for us. So um, speaking to them, helping them come up with topics, and uh, editing articles before they're submitted.
0: Awesome. And we can find you at, on Twitter at S-O-T-O-N underscore P-L panel, correct? Yeah, that's correct. And then and then you are at Bagel Bun. So um, be sure to uh, check out the writing and everything else that's going on there. So you want to go ahead and start with the uh, the, the transfers and all that?
1: Yeah, so um, we've been heavily linked to that sort of Gabbiadini um, for, for several weeks. Uh, and it seems like from sort of noises from Italian journalists and various things on Twitter that it, it may well go through tonight. Um, Luke Osman at Reed Southampton wrote a, a good um, Sort of research piece about what type of player he is and country I mean a lot of people look at him at goals to games is not that high but he hasn't played that many full games so if you look at his goals per minute I think he works out as a goal every two games he's a versatile player who can play across the sort of front three so sounds like he's a good addition for us in an area where we're pretty weak with the injury to Austin and Rodriguez is kind of fairly persistent niggling injuries he tends to come back for a couple of games and then pick up another knock and then the the cycle just seems to go on although he has played well this season other players I see we've been linked with the Nice um, reserve goalkeeper which with the injury to um, Alex McCarthy might make sense but I don't know when he's back but if McCarthy's going to be back in the next month or so I don't really see the point point. Um, and I'd also like to see us get a, a
0: centre back in but kind of no real real thoughts on who that might be are you under the impression then that uh with van dyke out for however long that we need to strengthen that back line then
1: uh, i think so um Yashid has been absolutely fantastic this season um and has kind of really stepped into jose Font's shoes and arguably has played better than him this season um and him and van dyke had that really strong partnership um, stevens obviously came in against liverpool and had a brilliant game but He's young; still only his um, second start for Southampton. Um, first few months and um, in the first team, so I don't think he's quite ready to play the volume of football, um, sort of week in, week out that we need. Um, and then Gárdos was—he looks looked like a decent decent centre back when we uh, at the start of his time with us played against uh, Man United. And I think Chelsea um, played really well, but has, has been out for best part of two years now. Um, and that was, uh, the Arsenal game was his first senior game since, since all those injuries. So I don't think he can be relied on at this point to be that, that second or third center back.
0: I agree with you. I haven't been the biggest Yoshida fan over the past couple of seasons, but to watch the way he's kind of progressed and played this year, it's been, it's been amazing. Um, and then Stevens did step in and, and do really, really well midweek against, against Liverpool. And even against Leicester, when when Van Dyke had to had to leave, but uh, the partnership last night, and we'll get to it later, I am sure the, uh, with him and and Gardo's, just it just didn't get the job done, and there was too many mistakes by both of them. So I I I am also under the impression that we need a, a center back, and I think that's you know maybe I don't know I don't want to say it's more important than the a striker, but it, it it's up there.
1: Yeah, I agree definitely.
0: And as far as everything, I'm I've just been looking, like refreshing the Twitter feed, hoping that the Gabby Adini thing goes through. But it looks like he's coming over for a medical tonight, your time, or you know. So hopefully, by the time this goes out, he'll be a Southampton player.
1: Yeah, it looks like it, and uh, can only be a good thing.
0: If he if he does come over, where do you see him playing in the team? Who who do you think gets left out of the of the first team squad then for him?
1: Yeah, I think um, with rodriguez's injury at the moment and obviously austin's out i think he will rotate with with long uh, and rodriguez um, i think redmond if he's fit and if we're playing our first team i think redmond plays so um i think yeah Gabiadini probably start on the bench and come on and then rotate with with long and rodriguez possibly with one or both of one or two of them on the bench and then the third one starting
0: what's your impression of redmond been um over the over the course of the season um, some people have given him quite a bit of uh flack for not being able to to finish but i i kind of think he brings a lot of energy to the team and i kind of think that his ability to play on both sides uh of the striker of the forward benefit us greatly especially if we are playing shane long or somebody else up there who you know is basically going to only play in the middle he does uh, long doesn't really play very well when he gets shoved out to one side or the other but i don't know what are your thoughts on on redmond so far
1: i mean redmond's I liked him at the start. Um, I was at the I was at the Watford game when he got that um, got the goal with the volley. Uh, I thought kind of goal in his first game is going to kick on and be really consistent, be a be a top player for us. Uh, then over the next couple of months, I found him, and I think a lot of people did um, found him hugely frustrating. He showed a lot of lot of talent. He's good at good at running with running at defenders with the ball. Um, there are not many other players except for Bufal in our squad who who bring that element. But his end product in the final third was was just too poor and too uh, too inconsistent a lot of the time um, he'd bring it inside and then kind of hesitate and then be forced just to knock it off to the midfielder next to it or when he'd try and cross or try and shoot he'd, he'd quite often get it wrong um, but I think we've seen in the last few weeks that he's getting a bit more confidence, obviously that goal against Liverpool probably helps um, and he's playing with a bit more, bit more energy and a bit more purpose it looks like he's built up a really good relationship with Ryan Bertrand down the left Two of them making little one twos and made the young uh, young Liverpool fullbacks' uh, night absolutely horrendous on Wednesday. Um, and I think if he if he can keep keep on doing that, he just needs to kind of take a few more chances because he squandered so many against Liverpool in the first leg, which could have come back to haunt us. And, but luckily, it didn't.
0: All right. Uh, you you see us being linked with anybody else at this point, or with the transfer window so close to being over? Do you think that it's going to be Gabbiadini and possibly a centre back, and that's it?
1: Uh, I think yeah, probably. Two players, Gabbiadini and the uh, the centre back. I, I saw us linked to that sort of of the centre back at Inter, but not sure how highly I rate him. Obviously, I haven't seen him seen him a huge amount. When I have, I've I've not been hugely convinced. But possibility for a loan uh, might be a good one. And I think with Pede coming back to fitness, um, it hopefully means we don't need another right back. I mean, I'm it's um, well documented through um, through our Twitter account and through the pieces that I write that I'm no Kuko uh, Martina fan. I think he makes the wrong decision far too often in his position uh, in an attacking sense is is not good enough. Um, yeah. So I'd, I'd like to see right back strengthen, but if Pede's uh, nearing first team football, then we'll possibly stay out of the market on that front, although I would like to see someone come in.
0: You would want somebody to come in to, would you say, replace Cedric or play behind him?
1: No, play behind him. Um, Pede's coming back. We don't know how long it will take before he's at full fitness. Right. And I just don't really want to see Cuco Martina in the first first team uh, too many more times. Um, he, I mean, he gives us all. He's a nice guy, but I just don't think he's of the quality that we need in that position. I think he needs to be replaced.
0: And I think there's a huge difference between the way that he plays and the way that, that Cedric plays. You're right. When he has the ball, he tends to make the wrong decision, and he doesn't really seem to have... I mean, he's a big, strong guy, I guess, but he doesn't seem to have the the pace or the ability to... To beat players and get the crosses in when we when we need, especially when you look at the other side and you look at what Ryan Bertrand is able to do uh, on the left side and how many chances he's able to create, because he just, like you said, just wreaked havoc uh, on on Liverpool's defense uh, the other night. And I, I just don't see Cuco Martina coming in and re- and playing when Cedric's not in and being able to do that. No, not at all. I assume you were able to watch the the Liverpool match the other night.
1: Yeah, yeah, I was I was glued to that one. Incredibly nervous. For,
0: yeah, yeah. You know,
1: Eighty nine, ninety minutes, whatever it was, and then ecstatic for about five hours, four hours afterwards, until I had to try and force myself to go to sleep.
0: What What did you make of of that match? Because I, 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 that's probably the biggest talking point of 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 this past week is is that. So, what 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 did you make of, of the match overall?
1: Uh, I thought tactically spot on from. From the manager, from Claude Puel, he's taken a lot of stick from people recently, but I think his tactics in both of the legs against Liverpool were were bang on. We actually played slightly differently to how we have done in a lot of other games this season. In that, when the opposition had the ball in our third, we sat back, we were very compact, and then ready to kind of as soon as there any turnover, a possession counter attack quickly with uh, with Redmond, with and with Cedric, um, uh, and Rodriguez. Um, but then in, in the middle middle um, kind of third of the pitch where Liverpool weren't really gonna threaten us, we, we conserved energy, we sat off, we didn't press too much, unless it looked like the player was gonna make a mistake or make a heavy touch and then we were quick to um to push up on them. Um and then we, we pressed in the final third. If the ball got back to Liverpool's um Liverpool's third and they were trying to play it out, we pressed high, tried to force the mistake and, and get the chances that way. Um and we could have been could have been one or two up at half time in the second leg um again um poor finishing by a number of players um and then it was a bit of an onslaught in the second half but i thought we defended very well soaked up the pressure and then obviously hit them with with yet another counter track brilliant run by by sims great ball and very cool finish by long
0: but as soon as that that cedric headed that ball down to uh to sims and the break was on it was kind of like you know you have you have two options hoiberg's running out and just almost and on, on the TV coverage I was watching, he was running so far out to the left that he almost ran out of the picture. And it's like, whatever you do, don't put it out there, put it in the yeah. long. And he slipped it in. And, and it's just like, oh, it, when it went in, I was just like, I think my wife was asleep and I just was screaming and waking people up. And it was like, I, I was getting text messages and stuff from my friends who had only watched the second half who were like, you know, there's no way Southampton's going to hang on, you know? And, and then they, they all shut up after that. So it was kind of nice.
1: Nice. Yeah, I I, have to say I shouted at the TV when it went in. Definitely.
0: The narrative for the for the season, it seems like there's been a lot of people who have been uh, negative towards Puel and his tactics, and especially the rotation that seems to be the biggest kind of uh, lightning rod for him. But um, what do you think this game or this match does? That win, that going to Wembley. What do you think that does for the team? In terms of the, the narrative of the season, do you think it changes it, or do you think it's just you know, oh, oh well, so what or what what do you think
1: uh, I think it's got the potential to to kick the season. Uh, we saw last year what a couple of good results did after Christmas, and then we barely lost for the for the rest of the season and i think with with font having gone um, and then f- kind of three, four days afterwards having qualified for a final, uh, I think that's a real confidence boost for the team and and makes them realize that they're good. They can they can do it without fault. They've got the quality in the squad to do it, and I think it could be a catalyst for for a good remainder of the season.
0: I, I agree. Unfortunately, it did it didn't quite work out last night. But with the young team, uh, you know, no. oh, oh well. Um, but I had said before, and I don't. It's not that I don't want the team to go deep in all of the competitions, but um, you know, if you line up the games, because that was it was like the third. It seemed like the third or fourth week recently where we played three matches in three different competitions in a seven day span and you can only kind of do that for so long and i realized that now the the final isn't until in february but you know if, if you if you look at all three games the premier league game the 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 semi and then the fa cup against arsenal like if you're going to if you're going to rotate one one game it's got to be the fa cup and so i wasn't really surprised with the team selection and i and i'm like although i'm disappointed cuz it was 5 nothing um you know i okay you know we're we're still we got a lot, we got some positives going forward I think uh, at least that's how I see it so
1: yeah I, I agree with you, you there um, the only slight gripe I'd have about the team selection today is an absence of leaders in the in the back five I think with a defense that's that that weak, I think uh, I think Fraser Forster probably should have played um, I don't think keepers need to be rotated necessarily and I think with a with a weaker back four already, I think chucking a, a young 17 year old keeper to go in and get five goals smashed past him, I think is a little bit harsh.
0: Yeah, he and, and he looked very frustrated. Uh, I can't really put him at fault for I say for the five goals, you know, I I wouldn't put on him one of them. He could have probably done a little bit more, but there was a pretty good flick from not a flick, but a pretty good uh, like one touch pass from Lucas to to Welbeck for a goal and then uh, Welbeck chipped him. They they that front three of Arsenal that Arsenal came out with, even though it's not their normal starting three, those are still three pretty strong players. And going up against the back line of basically uh, a very young and uh, I don't want to say inexperienced, but somewhat inexperienced back line, they just they just tore him apart. And so you know when you look at the team selection, it's kind of like, well, what do you expect? You know.
1: Yeah, yeah. I think yeah, it was always going to be a tough day. You've got. Um, Welbeck, who, when fit, would start for England. Uh, Theo Walcott's a full international player who scored plenty of plenty of top flight goals for Arsenal, and Lucas has scored plenty of goals in Spain. So um, these are these are not inexperienced guys, although they're although they're rotated. And then you've got the likes of Oxley Chamberlain coming in in midfield, and Kieran Gibbs coming in at left back. So although Arsenal made nine changes, these are predominantly established international players that are coming in playing against guys who are on the fringes of the Saints squad or or in the academy.
0: Right, and I think I you know, I think the the kids for lack of a better term hung in there for as long as they could and they played. There were there were moments where uh, we were attacking and we had some good counterattacking opportunities that, but you know, we'll move on and, and they'll they'll progress and get better, I think. So, not not too worried. Yeah, I
1: think I think with the exception of Lloyd Grove, who I'd imagine by the end of the transfer window will will be gone. I think his level at this stage in his career is 24 years old. He's a he's a championship uh, level player at the moment. Um, and I think it's it's in his best interest and Southampton's best interest that he he moves to the championship in this window, goes and plays regular football and looks to kickstart his career from there. But I think the rest of the, the rest of the young players that played yesterday have got a chance to cement themselves in the first team and go on and have more appearances for Southampton in the future.
0: If, if I asked you just to pick a starting midfield, you know, the starting midfield three, who do you go with? Because it seems like that's the most heavily rotated part of the of the team. Uh, and I have some feelings about certain midfielders, but I'm wondering what, you, what your kind of thoughts on that are.
1: Uh, well, Romeo obviously starts. Um, and actually, I think my opinion on this has changed in the last few weeks. I think um, Ward-Prowse has had two very, very good games in, in both legs against Liverpool. Um, and I think he's he's nudged himself into a starting position now. Um, and I think ordinarily on the other, the other one I'd go with is probably Stephen Davis. I mean, I like the way that he... He links the, the midfield with the attack, and he's one of the most attack-minded of our midfield players and is always looking to drive the ball forward, which I think the others all have a tendency of sitting a little bit deep, um, which I think makes our, has contributed to some of the negative play we've had. We've had three deep-sitting midfielders, attackers up the front, and then no one looking to, to go between the lines and link up the play, and it slowed everything down and made us predictable and, and a bit boring to watch.
0: I think I'm right there with you on the midfield. Ho- Hoiberg has not made me a believer as of yet, he gives the ball away a little bit too much, I think, and I don't think I really don't think Classy offers us anything going forward. Um, no, not at all. And so to have him back there with with Romeu, he tends he he would rather be playing that spot where Romeo was playing, you know. Um, yeah. And and if you're only going to play three midfielders, you don't you only get one of those, I guess.
1: <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Um, I think. In the um, in the first leg where we had um, Romeu, um Davis and Clancy starting, I thought that was the right thing—the two defensive, more def- most defensive-minded midfielders with our most attacking uh, central midfielder. Um, and I think it can work in those sort of big games. Clancy in that role, but ordinarily I'd like to see a bit more balance and, and yeah, Ward Prowse coming in instead of him. Um, and on your point about Hoybia, I agree on him giving the ball away too much, but I like him as a player. I think he's he's got good... Good technique i think his body position is good when he plays and i think he's got potential but he's young he's, he's he's making mistakes he will make mistakes but i think we've got to give him a chance and i think he'll come good
0: is there anything else you'd like to say about the uh the liverpool
1: match i think we've covered everything the only other thing i'd mention is possibly um jay rodriguez's performance in in the first leg i thought he linked up play very well yes he's lost lost a yard of pace and it takes him a while to sort of get up to top speed. He's still got a reasonable speed when he gets there, but his acceleration is gone. But he looks to have adapted his game. And some of his little kind of stab through balls to bring Redmond and others into play were brilliant. And I thought he was kind of a massive, massive part of, of how well we played in the first leg.
0: Yeah, I was pretty impressed with him over that leg and in, in other performances that he's had. I said before that I, I really like the way that he plays with, the other front three, the way that he can kind of move around and 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 play the ball with them and, and to them, uh, I think the substitution when Shane Long came on in leg two, I think that was the perfect time because Liverpool were really pressing to get a goal, and the fact that we can put Long up there as fast as he is and 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 kind of put the ball out in front of him and let him run it down and 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 you know wreak havoc that way, I think that is his game. Rodriguez is really is strongly suited to to playing with the rest of the front three, the other two. And so that, that was, uh, that's, that's, I think that's a really strong part of his game. And I, I, I think he's necessary for that kind of aspect of our, of our game, I guess. Yeah,
1: I, I completely agree. And I think uh, kind of if they're all fit, we've got, they may not all be the most prolific players, but we've got some, some different options up front. I mean, Austin is a pure goal scorer, um, sort of poacher that doesn't really bring his teammates into play hugely well but is a natural goal scorer. Then we've got the pace of long um, who who can cause defenses havoc as we score, score against Arsenal last season. And then we've got Rodriguez, who's who looks to be really good at, at bringing other men into play. And then hopefully Gabbiadini, who will kind of bring hopefully a bit of sort of agility and, and, and technical ability up there as well.
0: Yeah, I think, I think we could definitely cause people some headaches in terms of just how they're going to set up to play against us, depending on where we go. And I think we'll have options to kind of hopefully unlock defenses if they sit back and, and be able to punish them if they decide to come at us you know
1: yeah hopefully but this, the only thing is they're all they're all quite young and still in the stage of their career where they'll make lots of mistakes so i think it's just just worth kind of sticking with them they'll have bad games but i think the the progression is going to be upward for the, the ability of these players and it's just we just got to give them a chance
0: on that note i just saw something pop up that uh rodriguez is being linked to west brom uh before the deadline is there you think you see that happening if we bring in Gabbiadini?
1: Um, yeah, I saw that earlier. I don't think it'll happen because I, I think we're one light um, up front. I think Gabbiadini brings us up to a full complement of strikers. And I think it will be negligent to, to let one of them go. Um, I saw his causing a bit of a, um, bit of an issue on Twitter earlier because his dad retweeted the, uh, the article, but then someone said, why are you retweeting this? And then he just replied, rumours. So um, my understanding from that is it's not going to happen. We'll never know.
0: And that's not the first time that his... I think his dad has done something to that effect. Am I right? Or am I thinking of somebody else?
1: Yeah. Um, I think someone, I saw someone make the point on Twitter that he, he tends to retweet pretty much any press that's got, got his Jay's name it. Name in it. <laughs> um When Jack Cork was at Southampton, his dad was very similar, but Jack Cork's dad was even taking pops at managers on Twitter and things like that. Nice. So Jay, Jay Rodriguez's dad is, is not doing that at
0: least. Yeah. And you know, Hey, he's, at least he's using Twitter, man. Most people, you know, Jay Rodriguez's dad's age probably aren't really uh, that into it. So, give him some yeah, credit. Exactly, and he,
1: yeah, and he's sticking up for his son. And yeah, fair play to. him.
0: Yeah, I'm all I'm all for it. Tuesday, Tuesday night. Now we have Swansea, uh, another new manager. Uh, they they also managed to beat Liverpool the other day. So, what do you see when we go into that to that match? Uh, we we have to travel to Swansea, correct?
1: Uh, yeah, I believe so. Um, yeah, it's a weird one because before the Liverpool game you'd have you'd a fancy a kinda of easy win against Swansea but they've got Lorente up front who'll cause a problem in the air and in the box for anyone. So I think Yashida's just gotta be on his game and um and, and keep a close eye on him throughout. And then I quite like Tom Carroll who's just moved down there permanently from um from Tottenham. He put in that brilliant cross um for, for one of the goals against Liverpool. Um, I think he's got Okay, yeah. he's got good op- options going down the left, so um I think Suarez. Uh, Suarez should have a handle on him, but he just needs to keep his concentration up.
0: I think we need to carry in a, a strong team, and I think we will. And I definitely think that a win is in order, especially coming off the back of last week. We want to keep that momentum. You know, the FA Cup, you can write it off and just keep keep it going here. But I, I don't think it'll be easy, though. I think it'll be it'll be a, kind of a tough game for us. Um, if you were gonna roll out your team. Uh, for the Swansea game if you got to, to fill out the team sheet what who who are you starting in that in that match
1: it would be uh Forster Cedric um Yoshida Stevens and Bertrand's uh then I'd go with Romeu, um Davis and Ward-Prowse if he's fit if not I'd go with Hoiberg. Um and then I'd go with uh, Redmond uh Rodriguez if he's fit and Tadic but if Rodriguez isn't fit, then uh if Gabriadini's there, he's unlikely to get chucked in, he probably wouldn't be eligible to play in that game. So long long would most likely start.
0: Yeah, yeah. I I see that. And I see I mean, you have probably have Sims on the bench, you probably have Gardos on the bench, although he won't they won't get in, I don't think. Uh maybe Sims comes on late. But yeah, I think I think that, that team selection is is pretty much the strongest we can do right now, right?
1: Yeah, I I'd agree. I think we've got to We've got to put a strong side out. Yeah, there may be one or two of it may be kind of Rodriguez, Ward, Prowse um, don't played with just with an eye on the West Ham game at the weekend. But I think um, I think those are areas where we're um, particularly in centre midfield. We've got we've got a decent number of players there, so it's it's not so much of a worry if we if we leave one or two out with a view on the West Ham game at the weekend. But I think defence and um, yeah, in defence we have to go for our strongest team.
0: And and looking ahead to West Ham we're hosting them. Uh, it looks like Payet's gone. Um, do you think, you think Font makes a start for them against us at St. Mary's?
1: Uh, I think so because, um, I might be wrong, but I think I heard, or I think I saw somewhere the other day that Ogbonna's carrying an injury and one of their other center backs is also, um, is also injured. So I think they're, I think they're light on numbers. Uh, I seem to I seem to remember that Ogbonna's been playing through an injury because they were light on numbers and, Possibly now that Font's there, he'll have been there um, a week or so. That I think he probably starts.
0: What type of reception do you think he'll receive at St Mary's? Both from the fans um, and the players, I guess.
1: Um, I think it'll be a it'll be a warm one from the players and and from the manager. Yeah, he he may have had a bit of a falling out in terms of what contract was offered to him, but at the end of the day, he's he's played with those people for a while, and um, I'd expect him to. Um. Yeah, so to so sort of embrace them embrace them warmly when, when they see each other. Um I think fans it'll be a bit mixed. I mean, he deserves a a decent reaction. I think the fact that we're playing West Ham he possibly deserves a sort of neutral reaction. Um I think he's been a very good player for us, but our focus has to be on beating them and we can't get distracted by font. But I think he will get booze. It's it's inevitable that, that some fans will want to express their displeasure at what happened. But I think he's one of those like like Klein was that a couple booed him the first time but after a while people just thought okay he's done well for us let's just not ignore him but let's just treat him like we would any other player.
0: I, and I think you I think you're spot on there. I think he there will be some people who boo him, but I think for the most part most people wish it would have gone maybe ended a little bit uh, more nicely but at the end of the day he's he's getting up there in age and you know we have to rebuild and we, sometimes you just can't You can't pay him the money that he wants. And and if somebody else wants to like more power to him, go, go get it. You know, you don't, you don't don't get to play soccer for football for forever. So you got to do what you got to do.
1: Yeah. I mean, I think it's a, it's a good deal all around. He wanted one year longer contract than Southampton wanted to offer, taking him through to after he was 35. And I can understand why Southampton we're trying to catch up on the teams above us. We've got to be smart money wise and um, offering someone a, a longer contract than is probably prudent just out of sentiment uh, sentimentality i don't think is is where we're at at the moment i think we have to be um ruthless for want of a better word it's not that it's just i think we've got to be smart uh, and if these opportunities come where the player's happy to go he's getting a good deal elsewhere and it's a good deal for the club i think we've got to take it
0: yeah yeah i, I agree uh, although i have trouble even pulling the trigger on something like that when i'm playing fifa so i'm glad uh, people at southampton can and uh, put put the sentiment aside for when they need to.
1: Yeah, exactly. Suppose that's what they're, they're paid a lot of money to do.
0: Yeah, yeah. I'm just doing it to kill time. So <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um. All right. Is there uh, is there anything else you'd like to cover? Um. No. I think that that pretty
1: much covers it. I think um, as you alluded to earlier, it's been a busy January. I think we'll have played nine games by by the time the Swansea game's done. Um. I think we're hopefully settling into a good pattern for the rest of the season and. Um, use the the league cup final as a platform to to kick on and and try and finish in that top eight again
0: yeah absolutely absolutely um well on that note i thank you for for joining us i appreciate it i hope oh, I, thanks for having me i hope you had an enjoyable experience yeah it was good fun all right um and hopefully you know maybe we'll talk to you later later on yeah definitely sounds good And that will do it for this episode of the Southampton Delivery Podcast, a podcast dedicated to the Southampton Football Club and all of the SFC fans. I'd like to thank Richard Brereton for joining us today. Reminder that you can follow him at bagel underscore buns and also follow his professional account at the Southampton panel. So that's at S-O-T-O-N underscore P-L panel. On a related note, if you are interested at all in writing uh, about Southampton, the Southampton panel is looking for new writers and people to help run the Twitter account. So let them know if you are interested and they will get in touch with you. So uh, that'll pretty much do it for this episode as we go away to Swansea and then host uh, West Ham on the weekend. And we'll be back next week to look back at West Ham and Swansea and ahead to Sunderland uh, as we head towards that trip to Wembley against Manchester United coming up in a few weeks. So uh, just a reminder that you can always follow the show on Twitter at SFC Dell ivery. That's at SFC D E L L underscore I V E R Y. You can email the show at southamptondelivery delivery at gmail.com. Uh, any feedback you have, uh, we would love to hear. And also be sure to subscribe to our feed in iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts and go ahead and share the show or share the Twitter account and help spread this news around. So, That will pretty much do it. And once again, I thank you for listening. Thank you. I hope you enjoyed the show. Uh, And until next time, remember that together we march on.